I'm Alyssa. I'm Alyssa. And I'm not Alyssa. Welcome to 52 Women, the podcast of the Montgomery County, Maryland chapter of the National Organization for Women. Um, Before we get started into just the fun and exciting things that have happened in the last week, and yes, that is sarcasm, um, (laughs) there's a quick update on health care. So today was a fun day. Um, I kind of lived it vicariously through the news alerts that kept popping up on my phone. Mitch McConnell released his updated health care bill, and I think they submitted it to the CBO already. And it essentially allows insurance companies to sell policies that don't comply with, with the Affordable Care Act rules. So they can cut out essential health benefits. They can exclude pre-existing conditions, all that, all that fun stuff. Um, the general consensus from experts is it's not a good plan. Premiums are still going to go up. But the but the interesting thing that happened today was right before Mitch McConnell was going to introduce his bill, Lindsey Graham introduced his own bill that they've kind of backpedaled and said it's not a competitive bill. It's a backup plan. But Lindsey Graham's bill is a little bit, quote unquote, better in that it just reallocates funds and gives it to the states to do what they want to do instead of cutting everything out. But on top of all that, 10 House Democrats have also unveiled their own fix the marketplace bill for the ACA, which um, one of the representatives from Vermont, Kurt Schrader, is, is one of the spokespeople for this bill. And the one thing that he said, and the important thing to note is Vermont, Bernie Sanders comes from from Vermont, is that they specifically didn't want to go for single payer. They want to fix what we have. Now, he doesn't think now is the time for single payer. So they put that bill in the House. So all this happened in the last 12 hours. So we don't have a specific action yet, but I'll be keeping up with it to see if maybe we need to call our reps, either Jamie Raskin or John Delaney. I'll probably call Delaney's office in the next 24 hours because he's my rep and see how, you know, if he signed on or what his feelings are about it. And I can probably report back next, next episode. But that's, it's been a, it's been a fun day. It has, I think they also were saying that um, the amendments that senators, that they want senators to keep offering to the bill don't are not going to get scored. So, like, if yeah. Ted Cruz put in amendments that were major, had major influence on the health care bill, it wouldn't, they, they, you would have, they would review it before the vote, right. but it wouldn't be part of the CBO score. The only thing is that Ted Cruz's <clears throat> amendment is the basis for Mitch McConnell's whole tweak. And, so I think yeah. that doesn't, I think that will be scored, yeah. but all of the other ones aren't going to come in. So you'll get a very baseline CBO score where it could be worst case or it could be best case. We don't know, but they're trying to give these bare bones policies to get more people in the market. But the problem is they're going to be cheaper policies. So they're not going to help the issues of premiums and premiums are going to keep going up. Right. And so from what, but can you explain one thing to me? So from what I understand, which is not as much as you, (laughs) (laughs) um, if, if they take away, if they give choice to the consumer, which is what they say they're trying to do. I know that's not true, but that's what they say, right? They're giving choice to the consumer. And if a ton of young people who don't think about getting sick, getting old, having an accident, mm-hmm. whatever, 
if, if those pools get separated and the risk pools change, then all the people who are a certain age or above or who need a certain level of care already or above or who are concerned about that because they have children or they're older and they just know better and want to be concerned about their premiums will go up, That's right? That's correct. Okay. So the way the ACA works now is that younger people pay more because right. younger people are healthier and it's all one pool. So younger people pay more and take less care out. So say a, a, a say an insurance plan is $6,000 a year. So this young person pays $6,000 but only uses $1,000 worth of care. So that extra money goes to the older people who are paying less mm-hmm. and they're using more care. So that's how the ACA works. What the Republicans can consistently want to do is they want to switch that. They mm-hmm. want the younger people to pay less because the younger people are using less and they want more people in the market. But they're shifting the cost to the older people, mm-hmm. which makes their premiums go up. And the thing you have to think about is these are retirees. Mm-hmm. These are people on Medicare. Mm-hmm. These are people in nursing homes. So it's that's why you have AARP and all of these associations coming out against it because in some cases you're tripling what the elderly are going to have to pay. Right. And what was the thing you tweeted you personally for your personal account today about John Delaney? Something about giving support to people, caring for people. Yeah. So John Delaney, um, again, my representative in Maryland, he was saying that he was looking into a plan that would find compensation for people who were acting as caregivers. So to bring this back to, to women, um, most of the time when you have a sick relative or women are the caregivers. Yeah, disproportionately. Yeah, so, yeah. it's yeah. it's hu- it's a huge a huge disparity. But and most of the time you have to give up your job. Yeah. And a lot of these women go on Medicaid and that's how they get their insurance. They don't have insurance, that sort of thing. And there's no income coming in and it puts an economic burden on the family. So what Delaney was saying is he's looking into and I think he said a bipartisan plan because mm-hmm. I know he likes to do bipartisan stuff. Looking into maybe there's a way we can get these people compensation. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's also what I wanted to talk to his office about yeah. because they're during the day. If I call nor- during normal business hours when I can, they're very responsive and they're very nice and they're very polite. So, um, which I found with most of our Maryland yeah. Representatives um, and senators, but I will. Um, I'll ask about that. Yeah, because I think I know. I read nationally when we were first talking about healthcare and, and looking up stats. I know I read that nationally, the average age of a caretaking woman, it, it, where the average caretaker of an elderly person is really a, a forty-five-year-old woman caring for a sixty-five-year-old mm-hmm. parent. Um, so you think like when you're forty-five, you hope to have a lot of career left and a lot of earning time left and you're giving up time already at 45 Mm -hmm. and the 65 year old you're taking care of depending on what the issue is has a lot of time left so you're looking (laughs) at a lot of years I mean it's not necessarily a chronic you know it's not necessarily cancer or something like that it could be Alzheimer's it could be all different kinds of things where it's long term care the growing problem in this country is Alzheimer's and I know that from my other life, mm-hmm. um, but the growing issue is Alzheimer's. Just we have, we have a large aging population. Mm-hmm. The baby boomers are getting old, mm-hmm. if you will. So sure. this issue, it, 
whether it's nursing homes are already overcrowded or you're going to need more people to step up and be caretakers for their parents. Like mm-hmm. this is going to become a problem. Mm-hmm. And it's something, it, it's one of the reasons I think the Democrats push back as they should push back on any repeal efforts because yeah. the ACA does protect against some of the care being withdrawn. Right. Um, but it's a, it's going to be a big issue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause when you think about that burden, it's not just the burden of taking time off and taking care mm-hmm. of somebody. It's the burden of like, paying for, you know, food for them and paying for medical supplies mm-hmm. and paying for water. And, he, like, it's more people living in your house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people plan for their lives it either to retire themselves with a spouse, maybe send their yeah. kids to college and retire if they have kids, whatever. But they, they have a general plan for their life that probably doesn't include bringing – Adults into their home. Yep, and, and if, you know, having to deal with that. And if you think about that age, that's also around when people are planning to send their children to college. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 a it's a huge like it's not a perfect storm, but it's yeah. it's a huge issue right at that um, yeah time. So yeah, I will definitely ask them about that. Yeah, because I he's super active on social media, and yes, I follow him. So and sometimes I don't get a chance to click on and read the articles. Yeah, but I'll talk to them if I know. Okay. Yeah, I have to give a shout-out to him, too, while we're doing this, because my daughter wrote him a letter after the election, the presidential election, telling him that sometimes you take a step backwards, but then you just have to keep your eye on your goal and mm-hmm. so you can keep moving forward. It was a really cute letter. She's 10. <laughs> she was 9 at the time. Um, and he wrote her back a handwritten letter encouraging Aww. her and telling her how great it was that she was involved in and that young people are our are, are future and our hope. It was a really nice letter. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it was really nice. Yeah. Anyway, shout yeah. out John Delaney. Yeah. <laughs> all right, well, that's all I had. I'll I'll check in again as usual and okay. send send you guys angry articles as they as yeah. they happen. Yeah. <laughs> um. So we are also going to talk about, of course, because we can't get through with um pure informational we have to do at least a little bit that's informational plus ranting (laughs) (laughs) we wanted to talk about betsy devos and um the poor choices she's made this week poor choices she's made in her and in the let's just i don't know about her before the election the entire time since yes (laughs) for sure (laughs) but this week she met with some people and it was a poor choice she met with men's groups to discuss um, Title IX protections for women on campuses, college campuses, um, protections around sexual assault and rape. Um, She met with men who have been accused of rape. She met with men's advocacy groups, which... Men's men's rights. MRAs. Men's rights groups. But they're a lovely group of people. You can find them on the internet. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, thankfully, I didn't really even know that was a thing. I mean, I knew men who thought that they deserved have more rights than women Twitter? were. Yeah. Have you, like, <laughs> not with the... No. You I taught mean, that, me how to use Twitter. I don't that's understand. Not, yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, I knew that I knew that men who thought that way existed, just not that they were organized into a group. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Other than, like... They overlap yeah. with the pickup artists. Pickup one, whatever they're called. Pickup. Yeah, line, no, pickup artist. artist. Pickup artist. Yeah. yeah. Oh. These are the. So you remember when Wonder Woman that they wanted to show the women's only? Yes. They were the ones who were like, "This is sexist." Oh. Uh, <laughs> no, no. 
I mean, yeah, I knew there were asshole yeah. men saying that. I just didn't know they were organized. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're organized. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And then there was an asshole association. <laughs> there was individual assholes. No. That's what the A stands for, men. <laughs> Um, I, I had a quote, I had a quote to read from, um, Candace Jackson, who leads the education department's office for civil rights, um, which I've heard rumors that that won't, that office won't exist for long anyway, that the offices of stuff like this. Well, yeah, but I think they, I think they like this, but I think there was, there were rumors that Trump was going to do away with all the offices of civil rights at the EPA because he thought that there was no cause for them, which we can talk about another time. We're a post-racial society. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yep. No problems there. Um, anyway, this, this person, Candace Johnson, who is right now the education department's, um, head of the education department's office for civil rights said, quote, 90% of sexual assault accusations on college campuses fall into the category of we were both drunk. End quote. (laughs) Look on your face. (laughs) I just can't believe a person uttered those words. I have three words. Let alone a woman. I can't even. I can't even. I I have three words. They're different. (laughs) (laughs) Is it you're a traitor? No, I was going to say, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, no, those are good ones, too. <laughs> You're a trainer also, plus. Yeah. Um, so this isn't really an action item. No, this is just... But this, Betsy DeVos and her staff are awful. Yeah. That's really... Yeah. I mean, to be fair, she did meet with women who said that they... who um, Sexual assault victims who are women... Um, but I think she met with the men's rights activists for like three times the amount of time she met with the women. Yeah. And the headline that we just saw in the Washington Post that she that she said um, the Obama era policies treat everyone very unfairly, and I assume by everyone she means you know the men who are accused because yeah. we're trying to hold them accountable. But yeah. Uh, and, I, and I'm not, I'm not even sure what it helps anyway, because you can rape some, that guy at Stanford, rape that woman, there were witnesses, and he yeah. got, I mean, I, I just don't even, why are you so worried about being accused of rape? Obviously, no one's going to punish just you be anyway. Just be a white star athlete and everything will be Yeah, fine. everything, right, if you're white, that's right, <laughs> if you're white. Yeah. I'm mad. It makes yeah, me mad. me too. But, um... The Obama era policies not being fair. That is translate that translates to not fair for everyone who had the playing field leveled for them. Right. Yeah. So the people who had privilege before have a little bit less privilege. Things are a little bit better. Obviously still need to be improved, but that's called unfair when people are a little bit more equal. Yeah. I actually sometimes think that when when you get around the privilege argument, whether it has to do with um, race or sexual assault or anything, is that like if I, if I was somebody who was in a well, I am in a group of privileges. If I was in this specific group of privilege, a white male on a college campus, um, I'm I might find myself terrified that generations of white men on college campuses had done terrible things and that if I let an inch go on this that somebody might do those terrible like treat me as terribly maybe not the exact same things but treat me as terribly as 
as I, as my fellow white men had treated women or black people or whatever. I can understand that fear, and I, I think there's a way to go about it, which is protect minorities, don't rape or sexually say, assault don't rape women, women. Like, and don't be a racist jackass. I mean, I just don't know, like... And be an, be an ally to your women friends. Yes. Because... You know, I don't know about you guys, but in college, like, my guy friends would look out for us. Yeah. You know, like, you should do, like, if you see something, say something. Yeah. Like, and whether you're saying it to your female friend, like, hey, I don't think you're going to play it. Like, let's take you home. Or you're saying it to your male friend. Like, hey, she's a little drunk. Why don't you back away? Or she doesn't look like she's into it. Like, yeah, that's the way you... You fix what you just said. Yeah. Like, or you fix you, your fear. You act on it. Yeah. You know it's not the way? Getting out your phone and recording it and right. sharing it with all your yeah. friends. Right. I think it's funny. Right. Yeah. And, I, and I also think it's, it's a matter of we have this instinct to not want to get involved in others, other people's business. And I, I know that that's a good instinct to follow in a lot of situations. But if you think someone's going to be even... A, there's a small, tiny chance that someone is going to be hurt or forced to do something that um, she doesn't want to do, then it's clear that you have to sacrifice whatever embarrassment, loss of friendship, whatever the consequences to make sure that that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And Betsy DeVos doesn't seem to want to stand in the way. I think that's the other thing about privilege is like, what are you, right? We've talked about it before. Like, what are you willing to sacrifice? And you know, how are you willing to use your privilege to stand in front of people who need your protection? I don't, I don't get her. I don't get anything about her. Nothing about her from this or her ideas about education and that maybe she has one. I I don't get her at all. I don't either. And I can't believe that in her confirmation hearings, she went on for how long about the bears coming oh, into the school? Grizzlies. And she's not worried about rapists on campus. She didn't mm-hmm. know the difference between proficiency and growth. Yes. Well, that's true, too. <laughs> I, I just don't. Yeah, but the bears. How can you be afraid of bears but not be afraid of men raping women? How well, many, like, we, we had all, guns we, everywhere. That's true. Right? We all went to college. I never once Did you ever saw see a bear? A bear? No. But did, you, but did you know somebody who got raped in college? I mean, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, there's nothing Montgomery County specific about that. Um, but, I mean, I, I think that's the kind of thing, too, where it doesn't hurt to call. I think Jamie Raskin's great. I think John Delaney's great. I think Ben Cardin is great. I think Crispin Holland is great. I think they are pro-women candidates. But I also think that there's a lot on their plates, and it doesn't hurt to make sure that women are women's issues are getting to the tops of their lists. And um, this is a big one. I mean, we have we have state universities all over Maryland, and you know this is a big deal. Mm-hmm. So I don't not only if she doesn't call. protect this part of Title Not, I mean, if she yeah. doesn't do that, what else is she going to roll back right. that that protects? Mm-hmm. Right. And if the, and if. If already this is what's happening when you have a head of the Civil Rights Division of the Department of Education, who obviously is not not on our team. She did she did apologize and say she was flippant, but I think that was after the internet exploded, um, and she was featured in Time Magazine. Um, but 
you know, if you have that in place and if they're talking about rolling back these positions, these civil rights positions at these different departments, it's going to have a major impact on women and minorities. Mm-hmm. Yep. Major. Any other Betsy DeVos? We really don't like Betsy DeVos. No, but... She's a traitor. She's yeah. a traitor. She's a traitor. <laughs> but it's a nice segue. Men's right at my... <laughs> men's rights activists to net neutrality. That's true. Internet trolls. Internet trolls. <laughs> um, so net neutrality, yesterday, so today is the 13th, and yesterday was net neutrality day. And if you are on Twitter, you probably saw a lot of people using the hashtag and um, a few, I felt like a few senators and congressmen from yes. Maryland, especially yeah, yeah. Jamie Raskin, were posting about net neutrality. Um, there are a lot of great PSAs to watch. To understand, yeah, yeah, and um, Frank Al Franken did one, mm-hmm. and it, just to understand the basics of net neutrality. Um, but uh, I I found a bunch of articles that we're gonna post up with the podcast um, about net neutrality and how it, specifically how it affects women. Um, so let me just give you an idea. Net neutrality means that um, internet service providers, uh, they could stop providing equal access to applications, content, platforms, websites. Um, they, could dim- they could discriminate against content or content providers. You could have to pay more for content that you already have. You could have to pay more for videos to load faster. Um, the same way when you have cable and you can buy up to different packages, um, but with a lot more levels of how much you would have to pay for what. Um, And the FCC adopted rules to make everything more level, to protect against content discrimination, um, and those went into effect in June of 2015. Um, So now they're trying to roll back, the Republicans, the GOP is trying to roll back those um, rules. So net neutrality is great for a lot of reasons, but the, the, one of the reasons that it affects, or a couple of the reasons it affects women, one, it's really good for startup companies and people who are trying to get into the market because they can reach um, potential clients or consumers without having to pay a disproportionate amount to get their message out there. Um, and a lot of women who go into business run small startups so and minorities too so that's a problem for them um it these it also provides a platform for um people whose voices are not represented um so i'm just going to read you maggie hassan um who's from new hampshire senator from new hampshire she gave a speech in may Um, And I'll just give you a few key ideas. Um, In giving entrepreneurs a level playing field to turn an idea into a thriving business that reaches a global audience, net neutrality helps promote innovation and boost economic growth. Uh, Net neutrality isn't just great for startups and entrepreneurs. It also has created a platform for traditionally underrepresented voices, including women and minorities, to be heard and, as importantly, to add to our economic strength. Uh, The National Women's March in January brought together hundreds of thousands of people to raise their voices and organize in marches across the country and around the world, largely through online activism. I just want to pause at that one for a moment because, right, 
trolls and people saying horrible stuff on the internet and people who are just promoting ideas that we know to be false, um, who have a lot of money behind them, this would benefit them greatly. Yeah. Um, the same way that Fox News creates a, um, a unique content and people who only watch Fox News have a very different truth than anybody who watches any other news source, mm-hmm. that would happen on every level. So still someone who only watches Fox News but goes on the internet sometimes might know something else, might be able to get to something else. Um, Also, a lot of people who live in places where, and these aren't the only people who watch Fox News, but a lot of people who live in places where um, it might not be a part of the family's built-in budget to be able to pay more for internet. They pay for the access, but it might not be in the budget to pay for more access. Um, that that's Fox News country. So then you have people who are living in a place where culturally Fox News is the main news channel. It's on in their house. It's on in the restaurant they go to, whatever. And then it, if we got rid of these rules and it became costlier to get more information, um, then we'd have these big media conglomerates being able to control what people see. And the important thing I think to note is that so the new head of the FCC is the one who wants to roll this back. Right. He was so he was anti-net neutrality from the beginning. But some of the big internet providers and some of the big companies are for net neutrality. Yeah, like they're all, like Verizon, Comcast. They are they like I don't know if they like net neutrality, but they're pro net neutrality. So this is very much this the head of the FCC. See and the GOP, this is their thing. Yeah. Where the people who are actually in the business are like, no, 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 this is good. We're, yeah. we're good with this. So that's another. Well, it's a media company. I think it's yeah. like the media companies and people like who, who want to be able to influence the content people are seeing, not so much like Xfinity. Um, but it is a good point that the, the Women's March that happened in January would never have been so big. Mm-hmm. If we were just using word of mouth, right, and letting yeah. people know, it's an easy traditional word traditional of mouth. word of mouth, right? It's an easy way to get to people, let them know what time things are. You guys had the app, yep, yeah, yeah. There was like a, an app for Women's March. There is an app for Women's March and for all their various um, events, and it was a way to connect. Also, once you got there with people mm-hmm. who you knew. Um, so it's a, it's a way to, for women to organize and, and that would be threatened. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to put up the, we'll put up the full text of, um, Senator Hassan's, you know, uh, speech that she gave on the floor about it. Um, the other thing I, I wanted to sh- just share quickly is that there's a woman named Evan Greer, um, and she's actually the one who's leading the fight to save net neutrality. Hmm. Um, so I just thought that it was, she. there's not much to say about what she says other than what we just said, because we're reading all the, all the things that are being put out about this, and that's how we're learning, and she's probably putting a lot of them, a lot of them out. Um, but I just thought it was cool that it's a woman who's um, yeah. leading the charge yeah. against... Um, Against the rollbacks, um, and it, it's getting national or it's getting international news coverage. Like I, I found this, I found it um, all over in, in British media everywhere. 
Um, and it's all about women and, and all the female senators who signed on um, to the letter to Chairman Pai about, um, about net neutrality. So Cantwell, um, Hassan, Baldwin, Masto, Murray, um, Shaheen, Warren, um, Hirono, Feinstein, Gillibrand, uh, Duckworth, Kamala Harris, Stabenow. Tammy. Um, I always say her last name wrong. Klobuchar. Amy Klobuchar. Yeah, yeah. Minnesota. Minnesota. I love her. Mm -hmm. She's great. She's great. And if you can find any interviews of her. She's been Mm -hmm. on a few podcasts interviewed, and she's so great. But I always say her name wrong, so I didn't want to say it wrong there. Um, All signed on, and we'll post that letter, too. Do they say anything specific about women and why Mm -hmm. why they 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 talked about the women's march specifically this is uh in addition to open and open internet has allowed women to organize and create positive change in their communities this is exemplified by the national women's march which took place in january of this year hundreds of thousands of people participated in this march in the united states as well as abroad and the movement was largely generated through online activism the internet is a powerful tool for civil engagement as well as a means for economic and social mobility we cannot overstate the importance of a free and open internet to our nation's economy, innovators, entrepreneurs, and consumers, including women and girls. Yeah, um, the the entire slant of this of this particular letter is about women. Um, the final paragraph is, as champions of women and girls, the families they support, and their economic opportunities, we will continue to fight for internet freedom and online fairness. Thank you for your immediate attention to this matter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so they did. They did take it from um, from that from that point of view, and and how it was again vital to ensure a level playing field, um, and affording women owned business women owned businesses and startups and even playing field um, when they're starting. Were there any um, GOP women who signed on? This was specifically from Democratic senators. Oh, okay. I don't know if they were asked or what the deal was. Um, I just figured I was was being optimistic. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Maybe they would. I don't know if it was like a, I don't know if it was a choice by them to just, or if they asked and they said no, I can look into it. Um, I also, just because it it does talk about women-owned business and how that's facilitated and and moved forward by um, a free and open internet, um, I wanted to tell you that, and we'll post this too, but if you go to, um, if you Google search Women Business Owners of Montgomery County, which is the WBO, hmm. um, it has, you, you find a page with um, events. They have happy hours. They have meetings. They have articles. Um, they have blog posts, and they have information um, about their power conference and um, other things that they're doing to help women who are in in Montgomery County starting small business or involved in business who want to promote. And they also have a Facebook page, um, facebook.com slash wbo.mc for Montgomery County dot md for Maryland. Um, and we actually met, Jenny Rose and I met one of the women who runs it. And yes. she was really great. Wendy. Yeah. Wendy, yeah. yes. Um Anyway, so that's good. And then also we'll post this, but um, Montgomery County has a business portal. And within the business portal is a page on minority and women-owned business. 
Um, and it gives you links for financial assistance, technical assistance, business training, procurement resources. Um, and this is when we were at the Black Dems thing a month ago or whatever mm-hmm. it was now. Lily yeah. Key yes. was talking about this specifically. Yes. Um, and the page has tons of resources. Um, it has ways to get in touch. It has how to set up your business for tax and financing. It has trainings. It has... Um, information because Montgomery County is very interested in women yes. starting their own businesses and minorities starting their own small businesses and they're they're really interested in facilitating that and helping people get started. Um, so, in addition to a free internet, if yeah. you live in Montgomery County and you are a woman looking to start your own business, um, this is a great resource: the Montgomery County Business Portal, and then a good networking resource would be the WBO of Montgomery County. Yeah, they, um, Lily and one of the other speakers, they were talking about just the, the strides that Montgomery County has made in the past few years, and they're very, they've, they've done a lot. You know, they've changed some of the percentages for the better for women and minorities, and they're very proud of what they've done, and they want to continue doing it and improving and, you know, giving women and minority businesses a chance in the county. Yeah. Because they're... They were very insistent that we they want to invest in the county and they want to make sure these small businesses grow because it helps all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we'll put all those resources up and the articles about net neutrality. Um, I did look to see if there was anything at the state level that was... Um, and there was an attempt to try and protect Maryland, um, but the FCC trumps that that effort now I guess before there was an there was an effort when they thought it was just going to be a Trump administration rollback yeah. they thought they would be able to protect the state of Maryland but with the FCC doing it then they can't um you can't obviously it's federal it's federal so you can't and and the yeah everything's everything's national our bubble doesn't protect us this time right it doesn't protect us so that's something we'll keep an eye on and we have to make sure that um, we're pushing. I know. I know for sure. Mm-hmm. Our reps and senators are are going to be on top of that. Um, but definitely get yourself educated on it and read some of these articles. Look at some of the PSAs if you don't really understand um, what's going on. And there are lots of ways you can get involved. A lot of the organizations have ways you can get involved. I can send you. So John Oliver, like that was his long segment one. It was like it was a good. 15-minute primer on what net neutrality is, yeah. and he does a really good job of explaining it in a in a funny kind of way, yeah. but he explains it, and I and I think this was in in response to the pick for the FCC chairman. Yeah, okay. So I can find it, and yeah. we can post that, because it's... And sometimes you need to hear it broken down yes. rather than reading it. And he... I feel like his show does a good job on a lot of things, but they really dig down and break it into pieces and like, and then they say like, why does this affect you and what? So I can pull that. Yeah. But it definitely affects women. It definitely affects women trying to organize. It definitely affects women trying to start small businesses. So striving for economic um, independence, it affects women striving for economic independence and it, it affects women trying to build communities and um, join together in activism. It would be detrimental to a lot of populations mm-hmm. who want to get involved in either one of those things. Sounds good. Okay. I barely talked so far. I'm just listening to both of your <laughs> stuff. 
Um, oh, and the monuments. I looked at monuments because oh, yeah. we talked about it last time. Um, there are there are monuments in Maryland to women. There is the Harriet Tubman Road that um, EB1 um, was talking about last time, and we'll put up the link to it. Um, but you can go to the park. You can do a driving tour of underground railroad stops. Um, I want to do the can, driving tour. Yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. You can read about her. Um, if you are listening and you have kids, they do um, educational programs, which would be a great thing to encourage any teachers who wanted to do it um, to do. And then um, there's also one between the Maryland House and Chesapeake House on 95. Um, there's a monument to women who have served in the military in the state of Maryland. Um, so that's there next time you're driving to New York or wherever. You can stop and check it out. Um, there is a web... That's all. I, that's all. Those are all the monuments. Um, there were some Confederate monuments to Confederate women, I think, but I left those out. No, let's just yeah, go no, with you. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. Hopefully they'll be on. Just don't talk about it. Yeah. We won't have the KKK show up. No, no. <laughs> um, there is on the Maryland government government's website there is a maryland women's hall of fame um and it was established in 1985 by the maryland commission for women and the women legislators of maryland and it honors women from maryland who have accomplished something either within the state or nationally um for which they wanted they they felt they needed to be recognized katie ledecky's on here um Rachel Carson's on here. Okay. okay. Um, so uh, Barbara Mikulski's on here. Um, so a lot and a lot of people who I didn't know about. So we'll post the link to that too, and you can click on their names and find uh, a bio and why they're important to the state and and why they're important to um, the country. Does it say that Barbara Mikulski was the first woman to wear pants? I'm you know. sure it does. I didn't read it, but I'm sure it does. She is, um, she was quite the lady, is quite the lady, was quite the uh, senator. First woman to wear pants in the Capitol, not, mm-hmm. you know, period. But yeah. I guess there was a dress code that women couldn't wear pants. And one day Barbara was like, fuck it, we're in pants. Yeah. And they're about to get a new dress, dress code, code I hear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no shoulders. Now they're, too, he, apparently he's going to, they're going to modernize it. That's what they said today. They're going to modernize the dress code. So I'm concerned about that because Paul Ryan is Catholic, and I grew up Catholic, and I understand what the Catholic Church means by modernize. Right. And I'm pretty sure in that definition, shoulders are still going to be put Yeah, I mean, they might still be. (laughs) That's not his rule, though. It's just the rule that he kept enforcing. Like, he didn't make up that rule. It was already the rule in the House. He chose and he kept. Right, he did not change it. Right. I know what you're saying. I <laughs> fucking hate Paul We all know how I feel about him. <laughs> yeah. Paul Ryan's terrible. Just, yeah. Jenny Rose, terrible. what did you say? It's like your biggest wish to go live in his district so you could vote against yes, him? Yes. I would. Yes. If I could um, live in his district, I would live there just to vote against him. And if he ever loses his seat, I will throw a party. <laughs> Um, Billy Holiday is from Baltimore. I did know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. I love Billy Holiday. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this is a really fun website to look at, so we'll post it. And you can click on all these amazing women from Maryland and find out about them. And then you can email um, reps and senators and say, hey, 
why isn't there a Billie Holiday statue? Mm-hmm. Bringing it back to uh, Montgomery County, um, there's the Bell Dawson House in Rockville. It's right near downtown Rockville, Rockville Town Square. Um, and it's, it, if you're looking it up, Bell is not spelled the way you think it is. No, it's B E A L L. Oh, um, that's how you say that? Yeah. yeah. Bell Dawson. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Only people from Rockville know that. Yeah. <laughs> it's you. No, yeah. Bell. It's Bell. Um, yeah, the, the House Museum is not um, dedicated solely to women, but women played a, a big role in, in the house. So if you want a tour of it, they do it for free. Go on the weekends, check it out, learn about some local women. Cool. Mm. Field trip? Field trip. All right. Yeah, email us at info at MCMD now, and we'll, we'll meet up with you. Yeah. I was just going to mention the article that Donna Edwards had in uh, the Washington yeah. Post, because um, she's a local politician. She was in Congress for nine years, I think, and ran for Senate last year. She ha- was recently diagnosed with MS, so there's an article in the Washington Post, which we'll link to. Um, where she basically uh, is asking for her GOP colleagues to uh, have a heart (laughs) and not um, make coverage for her and people like her with pre-existing conditions more difficult, um, not take away access to their uh, quality health care, the ones that do have it. Um, So that's a good read. Um, She's on COBRA right now. Yeah, she is Mm -hmm. on COBRA. I think she's paying... $800 a month for her coverage, and she said something like her medications for MS costs, like, around $73,000 a year. Yeah. So that's a lot more than a lot of people in this country make each year at their jobs. So it's really important to to not take away people's health care. It's kind of silly that we even have to debate that, but here we are. And that we're debate that it's being debated and it's being couched as oh we're giving you personal freedom yeah yeah it's like bankruptcy yeah freedom is freedom not yeah freedom freedom to die or go well, in debt right and yeah. it's, and like it, you're allowed to buy or not buy whatever you want and you can walk in and it, the 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 freedom to buy thing really like infuriates me because you like I go to Tyson's Corner, and I can like walk into. I have the freedom to walk into the Chanel store yeah. and look at the bags in there, but I don't have enough money in my pockets to buy the Chanel bags, even though they're available to me and I am able to walk into the store. And that's like a luxury item that you want. Yeah. And this is something that you actually need. And to put those two things. On the same plane, plane and say that things that because you have the ability to walk into a store that you can that automatically means you can afford everything in the store because you yeah and and (laughs) yeah it's just it's infuriating and it's infuriating that women are being left out of the conversation Mm -hmm. and it's infuriating that every single time there is a game to be played and a tug of war to be done that the Things that go up on, you know, on the ta- on the gambling table are always things to do with poor people and women. That's always what it is. It's minorities and women. It's never 
Senate health care for senators or health care for congressmen. It's never Viagra. It's never vasectomies. It's never any of those things. It is only Planned Parenthood, which is just Planned Parenthood is just code for screw women and especially minority women. They're not even just attacking Planned Parenthood anymore. They're going after contraception and your ability to get it through your employer's plan. Um, Like, yeah, I don't understand. The the other thing they were doing was they were saying that um, they were going to reduce subsidies on plans that offer abortion. Like, it's a legitimate medical procedure. Mm -hmm. Like, a legitimate medical procedure... But we don't like it, so we're not we're not doctors, but we're not going to cover it. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of, I know we're back in healthcare now, um, but speaking of contraception and going after it, I don't know if you guys saw this because I sent it too late in the day. Um, but NARAL Pro Choice Maryland just tweeted out a study um, about Plan B, emergency contraception. You might know oh, it as the morning yeah, after yeah, pill, yeah. Um, and they basically. Went into different stores, <laughs> had a mystery shopper go into different stores to see the availability of the day after pill. Um, a minimum of 30% of the identified stores that potentially could carry over the counter emergency contraception products were surveyed in each county. Um, one, more than one third of the stores implemented an unnecessary age restriction, meaning when someone came and asked for the pill, which is over the counter and not supposed to be. Supposed to be down to the behind, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It isn't spo- and it, it isn't supposed to be hidden behind the counter, so that you have mm-hmm. to ask somebody for it. So, not only was it behind the counter where it's not supposed to be, um, when the person asked for it, they asked the person for ID to show their age, um, which is ludicrous. When do you even get an ID anyway? When you're 16, do you know what I mean? You like, should have one. Where I come from, you have one in grade school. Right? Like, I don't know if states are different, but in grade no, school, we, we had it. We had a school no. ID, but it didn't say our age. Yeah, ours no. did. Well, anyway. Yeah. 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 yeah no, not here. And you can't. There is no age. Yeah. It's, it's an unnecessary age restriction. So that was 35.7% of the time. Almost half the stores kept the products behind the counter. Um, it was 46.6% of the pharmacist or cashier were the most difficult to find. And also, not just most difficult to find, but you have to talk to someone else mm, about yeah. something personal to you that you are choosing to do as someone who is not your doctor. Mm. And it's supposed to be over the counter. It's not a prescription drug. You talk to pharmacists about prescription drugs. This is over the counter. You don't have to explain to the pharmacist why you're getting Advil, why you're buying Benadryl, mm-hmm. any other thing that's over the counter. And it was well, almost half yeah. of the people had to had to get it from behind the counter. So part of the reason that they had it behind the counter was because it's so expensive yeah, that they can't yeah. afford to lose it, which is another problem um, because the high costs of emergency contraception figure into the anti-theft practices, um, and they undermine the over-the-counter status. So they either lock it up or you have to ask, ask the person for it. So it's a vicious cycle you get into there yeah. with the cost. Um, almost all store volunteers rated it as somewhat difficult or very difficult um, to, to get to it. Um, 
It's almost easier if it is a prescription because then you can for then you can talk to your doctor, your doctor writes a prescription and you just you have to walk to the counter. Right. And then it's good. Yeah, but then that then takes yeah, too long. Takes too long. Right. Yep. Right. Yeah. If you need emergency contraception on a weekend and you can't yep. get in to see your doctor and it's most effective in the first twelve hours, then you need you really uh you really need to get to it. So I'm not sure what our action item will be on this, but we're going to contact NARAL Pro Choice of Maryland and find out if there's anything we can do. Um, beyond, obviously, I'm going to go into my pharmacy tomorrow and see where it is I wasn't and gonna, ask them why it's behind the counter. I was going to say, I think I've seen it behind the counter at my yeah. pharmacy, and I have to go pick up some medicine. Yeah. I'm going to be like, excuse me, why is that back there? Why is that back there? I know it's not supposed to be. Um So we'll find out from NARAL if there's anything more than that you can do. And um, if that's what it is, then we'll find out the exact um, legal language so that when you go into your pharmacy and you ask them about it, you can say exactly um, what you need to to make it accessible. Yeah, because as far as I know, there's no, like you said, there's no age restriction. There's no safety issue because it's really just... A, str- a strong birth control pill right. is what it is. It's not like recently, like if you go buy cold medicine, they card you now for, for certain cold medicine. Right, mm-hmm. you can turn it into other things. And it's alcohol. Yeah. There's, you know, yeah. so I get I get that, but there's no issue with this. So right. it may be a cost problem. Right. And that. And in the state of Maryland, in Montgomery County too, for sure, but certainly in the state of Maryland, a, a girl who's 17... Who needs? Let's just make up this girl. She's 17 years old. She needs the day after pill. She knows she can get it over the counter. She goes to her pharmacy. The pharmacist it has moral or religious issues with giving this girl the day after pill, even though the pharmacist is not allowed to say anything, even though the pharmacist is not allowed to pass judgment, even though the pharmacist is not allowed to prevent her from getting it. He does it anyway because he feels strongly about it and she's 17 years old and she's not with anybody else. Mm-hmm. What are the odds as this 17-year-old girl who went by herself to the pharmacy to get this pill in the first place goes home and tells her mom and dad, I need the emer- I need emergency contraception and the guy at the pharmacist bullied me. Mm-hmm. The pharmacist at the the guy at the pharmacy bullied me out of getting the emergency contraception. Or that she is now discouraged from going to another pharmacy. Right. Like right. So yeah, we have to we have to make sure that we're gonna anyway we're gonna that's just something to put on your radar and we'll find out what you can do. Um, but in the meantime, until next week when I find out, you could go in and see where it is in your pharmacy <laughs> and find out why it's not accessible because it's supposed to be. I'm seriously gonna do that tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's I, I well I could go on a whole thing anyway. Didn't Diana say the Maryland Now meeting? Um, that they yeah they wanted to have like vending machines for them in college campuses they wanted to make vending machines and I think University of Maryland was was the one that was going to do an experimental vending machine yes University of Maryland was um, she mentioned Towson and I don't remember I think the problem with Towson was the health center hours if I I remember from personal experience yeah um, yeah so I think she said Maryland University of Maryland either University of Maryland or the system agreed to do the trial with the vending machines. Yeah. But I think called UMBC. One of them. I don't remember. One of them said that they would have the vending machines. Because I know, well, I think it's College Park, because UMBC, you can go to the hospital 
as part of the mm-hmm. Maryland system, whereas at University of Maryland, you have to go to an actual hospital because the student health center is only open certain hours. Yeah, that's how And then they expect you to drive to a hospital, right? Yeah. So, I, whereas I think at UMBC, because they have the medical school there, I think the hospital is part of the oh, health center. Okay. So, it would still be, you because that's how it is at NYU, too. If you go to NYU hospital, you're still on your student health thing. Oh. Um, yeah, no, Towson, you have the health center, and the health center is not open on the week, or was not open on the weekends no. when I was there. And it's not open at yeah. 2 in the morning when the condom breaks. Right. I mean, that's, like, right. yeah, the condom's not breaking from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday right. when you're in college. Unless you have a light class schedule. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, maybe it is, but it's also breaking at 2 a.m. Yeah. on Saturday. Yes. <laughs> um. So, yeah, so that, that's something to, that we'll keep an eye on for sure and find out how to, how to make sure that, especially in neighborhoods in Montgomery County where people might look down their noses at it, that it's, it's accessible to whomever needs it. Yeah. Because yeah. I can think of some liberal places, quote-unquote liberal places in Montgomery County where the people who shop in the store might look, their, look down their noses at having that available and make sure that... We we know that the pharmacists are doing what's legally mm-hmm. their responsibility. Because not everybody has a car and can drive north to another city within Montgomery County. Right. That may not look down there. No right. Reason. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So um, we have some upcoming chapter events. We have a happy hour on July 19th um, at Old Town Poor House in downtown Crown, Gaithersburg. Um, at 7.30. Um, we have a chapter meeting coming up on August 9th, location uh, TBD, so we'll let you know when we pick a place for that. We also have um, our August happy hour on the 16th, um, again, location TBD. And Women's Equality Day is on August 26th. So we are hoping to plan something for that to celebrate Women's Equality Day. Falls on the on the 26th. That's the day the 19th Amendment was certified, giving women the right to vote. And that day was officially recognized as Women's Equality Day in 1971. Um, we'll talk a bit about uh, Women's Equality Day more on the podcast when it when it gets closer to the date. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, be on the lookout for upcoming upcoming stuff from us. Hey, everyone, this is EB1. This is usually the part of the podcast where we have our Woman of the Week segment, but we're going to be doing things a little bit differently this week. EB2 and I recently had the honor of sitting down with a super special VIP guest Woman of the Week, so we're going to be splitting this week's episode into two parts, and her interview will be the second part. EB2 and I got to talk to the National Organization for Women's current vice president, Bonnie Grabenhofer, who ends her second term as vice president on July 31st. Bonnie spoke to us about LGBTQIA issues, and she had a lot of great things to say. We really enjoyed getting to interview her, so please be sure to catch episode 5, part 2. Thanks for listening.